0: The Ain't No Fang Podcast.
1: From Arizona sports, Ain't No Fang.
0: Well, we were happy to have baseball back, but now we've got a contract extension to talk about. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher on the Ain't No Fang Podcast, and I'm ecstatic that our top story today is a contract extension for the Diamondbacks' best player. Cattell Marte will be extended for a couple more years. His contract was already seen as one of the best in the game, and now... He's here to stay,
1: yeah it's' it, it's basically a um a five year extension um because he had two team option years after this year, but so basically what this extension is doing it's guaranteeing those two option years and it's adding three more on top of that so I'm reading this from John Heyman's Twitter account um and he tweeted this two hours ago. it has not yet been made official um by the team that's probably gonna happen. Tomorrow, or with our luck on this podcast, right after we're done recording. Um, but uh, Heyman says Catel Marte passes physical and his $76 million D backs extension is in order. Um, the agreement, which is through 2027, also includes a club option for 13, $13 million dollars in 2028. So he's getting $76 million, honestly, to me. First of all, this is a this is a good move. This is a great move from the for, by the Diamondbacks. Um, Cattell Marte is obviously their best hitter. He's probably their best overall player. Absolutely. The key with this is if Cattell Marte stays healthy, which I every player usually deals with injuries. Cattell has already dealt with injuries the last couple of years. But so I'm not asking him to play 162 games for the next six years or whatever it is. But if he's relatively healthy overall in uh, during the length of this contract this this is a steal this is a steal for the diamondbacks 70 uh 76 million dollars and if you if you pick up his club option uh 89 million dollars through 2028 possibly for a player like Cattel Marte when healthy is going to hit over 300. In 2019, he was in contention for the batting title, but Christian Yelich had an otherworldly season that year and has been terrible ever since then. Um, but, man, if if Cattell Marte is relatively healthy through the length of this contract, this is a great deal for the Diamondbacks. And plus, let's say it doesn't go that well, this is an easily tradable contract. It's very team-friendly. Um, so, and I, I I do think that Cattell Marte is go- is going to be more healthy this year because the plan is for him to be the everyday second baseman this year. There are no plans as of right now that I've seen or heard of or read that has him in center field. So that's gonna be good for him. I, I still think that him playing out there in center field has been kind of a somewhat source of his hamstring problems that he's had um because all that ground he has to cover and the fact that he's running so much and all that but and then he had that whole thing remember with the turf and chase Chase field or whatever and (laughs) he didn't like it or whatever and it was weird on his legs so anyway getting him back in second base on the infield on the dirt should be good so this is a great deal this is a fantastic deal for this team hard to believe he's already played five years with the diamondbacks
0: Five seasons now. They're not complete seasons because, like you mentioned, he's been injured quite a bit.
1: And he'll only be 33 years old at the end of this contract.
0: Yeah, he'll still have an opportunity. I mean, if he's still producing at a pretty good level, uh, injured or not, he could still conceivably get another decent, I don't know, three-year deal at age 33. He's probably not at the caliber of player that he's going to get a 10-year deal at age 33.
1: But... Nobody does that And anymore. and the weird thing about Cattell is that yeah, he hits for he hits for a really good average, but he's not the type of player that's going to hit 35 home runs or drive in 100 RBI's, you know? So, he's kind of he's a he's a he's a contact hitter and he's I don't know, man. Left, he he left. hit 32 in 2019. Yeah, well. He hit 32 home runs. My microphone year. was surprised by that stat. He, he hit
0: 32 home runs. He only had 92 RBIs, but he's also been on a pretty crappy team most yeah. of the time he's been here.
1: But he's, you know, he's not going to hit like Tatis homers or that type of thing. You know, he's since then though he's been that just kind of you know slash hitter, singles hitter, doubles hitter. Yeah,
0: 2020, the short season, he played 45 out of the 60 games. So what is that? Two third or three quarters? Um, three quarters of the games. He hit two home runs. Not very many. Yeah. Uh, twenty twenty. I'd, I'd forgive you if you want to just throw that away. So let's throw it away. Twenty twenty one. Last season, he played ninety games. Still mm-hmm. not. Eh, it's just over what half? Uh, he hit fourteen. So he's probably looking at twenty five ish home runs yeah. on that pace. So I, I wouldn't say he's not a power hitter, but. He certainly crushes lefties. He's not his lefties. Your prototypical power hitter. If you had to guess his batting average during his time in Arizona, what would you say it is? His whole career, the five years he's been in Arizona, specifically. Okay,
1: forget about Seattle because he uh, wasn't a significant player. Yeah, he here. was. No. Um. Let's see. Two eighty-five. Two ninety-five. Oh, I'm off by ten 295. points. Two ninety-five. You were pretty close.
0: That's really good. That's really good. On base, what would you guess?
1: Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm going to guess it's over 300. Well, um, yeah. 370?
0: No, not quite. 358. Okay. So, again, pretty close. Um, he crushes the ball, man. His slugging percentage is 495. it he's
1: really he's good. he's incredible like, like you said against far and away they're best against player. lefties too he's just an a, just un an, it's another level to him against left-handed he, and I remember
0: pitching. was it a seven-year deal when they signed the original contract yeah. uh-huh. and it was a weird thing because they traded for him mm-hmm. he wasn't even really the centerpiece of that trade because was, Taiwan, Taiwan Walker, Walker came yeah. over yep Marte was in that deal maybe they saw him as the biggest part of that deal I don't know but the biggest name at the time was Taiwan Walker who was a stud prospect Mitch Hanniger went to Seattle. Yep. Uh, Gene Segura, who Gene had just Segura. been an all-star yep. in Arizona, if I remember right. There might have been one other name. A, there familiar. was a, re- a left-handed
1: reliever whose name I can't remember. Riley something? I don't know. Something like that. Okay. So <laughs> all, all the relievers' names you can't remember, they're named Riley something.
0: <laughs> so with that said, though, I just always felt it was interesting that they signed him to such a long-term deal because... They bet on him improving, Mm -hmm. but they also were willing to lock him up and say, hey, you're not a great player yet, yeah, but we think you will be. We'll pay you a bunch of money over a bunch of years. It's not going to equal out to a ton per year, but you're going to get gradual increases, and we believe that you're going to be worth it. And then it proved to be genius because he – turns out to be the best second baseman in baseball and i do believe that talent wise he's the best second baseman in baseball maybe maybe marcus simeon works his way into that conversation now but for all intents and purposes Marte's the best and they were paying him six million a year six million a year then it bumped up to eight and then eight again i mean the most he's made in a season during that original contract was 12 million right you would take that for a best
1: player on any team yeah i mean and this team has done that type of deal in the past too. Not the same regime, um, you know, Mike Hazen and all that. But they've done the same thing with Paul Goldschmidt. Signed a similar contract. It was it was for I don't. It wasn't seven years. I don't think, but it was pretty low money. Um, but it, it, this team has kind of taken advantage of that type of deal in the past, you know. Especially Cattell. I don't think they've ever had a deal, though, like the length of Cattell's though, seven years. Well, you see these deals now with the mega prospects. Yeah. The Wander
0: Franco's,
1: Tatis. Um, well, not
0: He's even not Tatis. Really prospect, Tatis came but... up and played well. They yeah. knew what he was. But who, who are some of the other... Ah, there's been a couple the last few years where they they expect they're going to be great someday, so they sign him well, to a long deal. Well, there was deal. that Astros
1: kid, uh, Singleton. John Singleton. Yeah, he... They, I mean, it wasn't like what Wander Franco got or anything, but it was like a five-year-something million-dollar deal. Yeah, but like Franco's getting... I I forget
0: what the numbers are,
1: but it's a
0: lot of money, even for a pretty average player. They're banking on him becoming a star. This isn't what that was. Cattell Marte was not expected to be a star player. He turned into a star player. Right. So he made that deal incredible for the Arizona Diamondbacks. It really paid off for them. So Cattell Marte extended for at least a couple more years. He's going to be here through
1: 2027. Yeah, like Paul I'm looking at Paul Goldschmidt. The deal they signed him to in 2014, it was a 5-year, 32 million dollar deal. So, they they've taken advantage of these team-friendly deals before. And at the time though, he was not Paul no, Goldschmidt. He was he not wasn't 30
0: yet. homer a year, 90 RBI 90. He wasn't hom- the run MVP kind of candidate no.
1: yet. Um forward thinking. Yeah. Two different regimes, but still. Yeah, this this deal is really good, Um, especially if they decide to now, you know, now Cattell's going to be here for, you know, barring some drastic change. He's going to be here for the foreseeable future, and they can try to build this team around him now. Um, And whether that's having the younger guys like Thomas, Corbin Carroll, Um, uh, uh, Jordan Lawler come up and be be something. Perdomo, Smith, Beer, and then adding guys through you know whether it's trade or free agency. Pitching, they need more starting pitching. They can now build this team around Cattell because he's on such a team friendly deal again for five more years. So hopefully, like you, you and I have been having this conversation about how it's. I mean, I'm impatient. It's obvious. Um, <laughs> I want them to spend. Oh, my God. Javier Baez. Go get him. Carlos Correa. Go get him. Go, Trevor Story. Just get a just name. get him. Yeah. Get all of them. And Chris Bryant's out there. He can play third, you know. So maybe when these younger kids are, when they figure out which one of them or which ones of them, I guess, uh, is going to come up and be a key major league contributor, then you can decide, okay, now we need to go sign this person. We need to go sign this pitcher, this infielder, whatever, knowing that you already have a big piece of your lineup already locked in with Cattell Marte. So this is a great deal for him. He's getting paid a little bit more than he was before. Uh, he's getting a, a seventy-six million dollar contract, so that's good for him. It's good for the team. It's it's a relatively f- team-friendly deal, so I'm all for it. I'm kind of surprised because he he would have been here two years from now regardless, because they're not going to not pick up his options, which I think were like what twelve each, something like that, something like that, and. I, I'm I'm a little surprised he's staying because he is so talented. He could have maybe got something in two years on the free agent market because he's going to be under 30 years old by then still. But I'm happy he's here. I'm happy they got this done. Me too. Um, definitely some stability
0: by bringing him back for that amount of time. But there is a little bit of instability still within the lineup, and we're about a week or a little over a week away from opening day. We still don't know who the third baseman for this team is, but we do know one guy that it won't be. <laughs> it won't be Josh Van Meter, who's been a backup infielder slash outfielder. They kind of been trying him at a lot of different positions. He got DFA'd this week, which means I haven't seen anything about him getting picked up on waivers by I anybody. Either. So he still is technically with the organization, but this all but means that he's removed from the roster. He's not going to be the third baseman, definitely not at the beginning of the year. But they DFA Van Meter with the intent to bring back Sergio Alcantara, who they traded for. I'm going to throw that in air quotes because really they... They traded some money for him. Yeah, they They paid. gave the Cubs
1: some money and they sent him yeah.
0: back. They paid the Cubs to yeah. take Sergio Alcantara. You probably don't know that name. I had forgotten the name, but Sergio Alcantara was one of the players that was sent away from the Diamondbacks when they acquired J.D. Martinez years ago. What was that, 2017? Yep. He's twenty seventeen. He's a middle infielder. Uh he hits around two hundred, so it's not like he's a big offensive weapon. I would even rather have Van Meter offensively speaking, but uh you basically trade away Van Meter for Alcantara.
1: That's the deal they did this week. Yeah, I'm surpri- I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they chose to DFA Josh Van Meter. Um not saying that he's, you know, some future star or anything. I don't, I think he's a probably going to be a role player, but, um, I was just shocked that, cause he was pretty much playing every day last year, it felt like. And I mean, whether that was necessity or not, I, I don't know, but, um, he was getting a lot of run at second base, and like you and I had had the conversations that he's probably a candidate to play third. I think that is just that's Josh Rojas's job now this year, unless they bring in somebody in the last week of spring training. I I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Um, I mean, I think as Drupal Cabrera is still out there, uh, there's but not a lot in the market. Not really, and you I, would have to trade for a guy. And and I can't and... even think of a trade that makes sense. Well, um, there's really
0: only two teams in baseball that are selling all their players. That's Oakland, who traded theirs away. Their third <laughs> <basement>
1: away. <laughs> and
0: the Reds, who traded theirs away. So, yeah. unless one of those teams that acquired one is willing to flip one, I mean, we talked about maybe the possibility of J.D. Davis in New York because they got Escobar, mm-hmm. who was the former Diamondbacks yeah. third baseman. Right, right. Um, but that doesn't seem like it's it's come to fruition. So, it is interesting because I thought Van Meter, at the least, would be a backup for this team. Yeah, Like an option to play every couple days. Yeah. Maybe that's Drew Ellis now. I definitely don't think Drew is the future at third base, but I'm with you. I think it's Rojas's
1: job to well, lose. And Van Meter, like he's a lefty and they have plenty of lefties. Plenty so of lefties. It's not like you're gonna be losing a big lefty bat in your lineup. They already have Peralta, Rojas, Marte when he's facing a righty, uh Paven Smith, Seth Beer, left Varsho's a lefty, McCarthy's a lefty. So uh I think Perdomo is a switch hitter. A switch hitter so yeah. when he's facing a righty, he's batting left. So um the only right handed hitters in that lineup are Carson Kelly. Carson Kelly, Christian Walker when he plays. That's about it. That it really like mark well, Hay- well Nick Ahmed. Uh, well Nick yeah. Yeah. Which we'll talk about later. But uh and then also all the switch hitters when they're facing lefties will be batting right handed. So Yeah. Um right. but yeah I'm I, I'm I, I think this is Josh Rojas's job. I think he's going to be the everyday third baseman Um, whether or not that's good, I don't know. I mean, his fielding is okay. Um, I don't know how much third he's played since being called up by the Diamondbacks, but, um, I think he's played there some, he's played there some this spring as well and getting drills at third base. So, um, they're obviously preparing him to be the third baseman. Um, I'm just surprised that van meter got dfa i don't know i I really nothing against him but i don't really see him getting claimed by anyone um that's just me i could be wrong about that but what i also thought of too was if he okay let's say that he doesn't clear waivers and a team claims him right that's another trade from 2020 where the d-backs got nothing for the guy they sent away archie Archie Bradley, right? Archie Bradley for well, they still have Stuart Fairchild. Fairchild. Where did Van Meter come from? It was the same one. Was it? Yeah, it was the same trade. Okay. Yeah, they were both in that so trade. So I guess they still have Stuart Fairchild. Which could work out. They yeah. don't have a lot in the outfield blocking him. but Yeah, and I. but I mean, it's just another guy that they you know send away or dfa or whatever because the whole travis bergen thing with the blue jays they sent him back to toronto so they got nothing for robbie ray so i looked up what you were
0: wondering about how much rojas had played third base mm-hmm. last year with the diamondbacks he played 14 games a total of 66 innings so not a lot at third base it was the first time he had played third base in his career with the diamondbacks and his, what was let's say fielding in his professional percentage? Year. Iver uh, uh, <laughs> 905 not, not great. great but he also spent a lot of time 42 games 283 innings at shortstop okay because of Nick Ahmed injuries and they weren't ready to roll with Perdomo okay. for the majority of the season so uh, you could say that playing shortstop where he had a higher fielding percentage imagine that Tough. um is more difficult so he spent over 350ish innings
1: playing the left side of the infield last year. If you could play short, you could play third. Well, I believe that. Here's a thought too. What if? And I don't know how long it's been since Cattell Marte has played shortstop. But what if you, what if you move Marte to shortstop? Okay, we got we got we got to preface this by saying, well, where's Nick Ahmed? Nick Ahmed yeah. has a shoulder injury, and it's the same shoulder injury and soreness that. Forced him to miss the last couple weeks of the season last year. Which
0: first question? Why is he still dealing with that?
1: Well, there. Was that a, sounds like a long layover. There's. Well, I think basically what I have read from, especially from Steve Gilbert, who's been covering this pretty closely, is it sounded like the shoulder didn't respond the way Ahmed hoped it would. He was playing through the pain a little bit last year, which is why some of his defense. Suffered. He was playing through an injury. Um, it sounds like the treatment that they had him doing didn't respond well. And then I believe if I can look it up real quick, I believe Tori Lovello said that he had an MRI today and that it was kind of inconclusive. Let me find Steve Gilbert. Yeah, I think
0: tweet. what I read was that they didn't find a major tear, Here, which
1: I guess is good. Here's what Steve Gilbert said. Uh, Nick Ahmed had an MRI on his right shoulder, and the D-back shortstop, this is from Nick, said it was, quote, kind of inconclusive. Uh, an end quote from the standpoint that there's not a huge tear or anything soft tissue wise, they're going to try and rehab it for right now. Tori Lovello told the media today too, that Nick is going to go seek a second opinion on his shoulder. So I'm assuming, and I think it's right to assume this, that Nick Ahmed is going to be on the injured list to start the season. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, So I think for me, and I know you agree with this, Give me Geraldo Perdomo, please. I'm ready for please it. Please get, but but if you want to, so the, the, again, that's the whole thing. I think Josh Rojas is going to be at third, too, because I think they want Rojas, uh, uh, sorry, Perdomo at short and Marte at second. Yeah, because if you're playing Rojas at short again. Who's your third base? Then what are you doing at third? And Perdomo, it's got to be Drew Ellis. And if, and if it's Perdomo, if you want Perdomo, like, why would you want him at third? So you, you just put him at short. Yeah. Yep. You wouldn't want so that. So I, I want I want more Perdomo, please. We saw him, was it twice last season he got called up? I think it was at the beginning of the year. It begin- was very beginning, yeah, year. and he was bad at the beginning of the year.
0: Uh, so his total numbers, he played in 11 games last season, not very much. Had 37 plate appearances, 31 at-bats. Um, no home runs, but that's not really his game. He hit two fifty-eight. His on-base, three seventy-eight. The guy gets on mm-hmm. base. That's why I like him a lot. Because he's a switch hitter yep. who's got a really good understanding of the strike zone. That, by the way, is something that you will see consistent through most of the prospects drafted by Mike Hazen in this regime. Paven Smith, mm-hmm. You're Geraldo right about that. Perdomo, yeah. Alec Thomas, who's still in the minors, Corbin Carroll, who hasn't played a lot because of an injury. Those four guys in particular have this crazy knowledge of the strike zone and they don't strike out a ton. They'll walk a lot. They'll get on base. Yeah. I hate to be like Brad Pitt and Moneyball <laughs> here. It's not like the only thing in life that matters is getting on base. It still matters that you can hit the ball. But Perdomo's clearly capable of hitting the ball. And I would take that offensive production.
1: Granted, it's a small sample size. I would take that over Nick Ahmed any day. And the fact that he's still a pretty good defender at short two helps. Yeah. Um, you're not sacrificing defense for offense there. Now, he's- is he ready for the majors?
0: He came up last year, granted, again, small sample size, but I don't know. They have a better understanding of where Perdomo's at in his development. But from my perspective as a fan of the team, I want to see Perdomo. I want it.
1: Me too. And I, I can't help but wonder too, and I don't know how far away a guy like Jordan Lawler is, but if he is in for a position change, if Perdomo works out. He was a high school guy, right? Yes. Dallas Jesuit, I think
0: that i don't know, I think it was but, but he was picked last year got injured right away i think it was like two games hurt in. his
1: shoulder diving for a ball so he's not anywhere close to the majors um i think I he's think. i think early on when the when the lockout was still going on and the but the minor leaguers were allowed to be working out he was there and he was i think taking not bp but hitting the ball off a tee and stuff so yeah. i think he's getting there yeah he's progressing um but Anyway, that's that's probably way too far down the road. Way down the road. Um yeah. but I'm excited for uh Perdomo for sure, like you. I'm getting I think you've convinced me. I think you're I, th- I think you've somehow gotten me in on this Perdomo bandwagon, because now all I want to see is Geraldo Perdomo. Listen, all I'm saying is if you listen to me more often, well, I don't want to <laughs> do that. <laughs> why would I want to do that
0: your life would be so much better no he is a really interesting uh, player and I I know he's never been a high ranked prospect but some of these guys that get on base they don't get ranked very high they don't hit the ball out of the park he's not gonna hit more than five homers in a
1: season (laughs) yeah but I'm still gonna love watching him play because he's gonna get on base a ton and and another added layer to that is I mean indirectly when the Diamondbacks traded Jazz Chisholm for Zach Gallen, that was okay because you had Geraldo Perdomo. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. ind- I mean, no, I'm not saying Mike Hazen was like, "Well, I can." Jazz Chisholm is expendable because Geraldo Perdomo is better, but. The reason that they could make that trade and lose their top prospect, Jazz Chisholm, who, by the way, is really freaking good. And is playing second and base it, right now. and Yeah, he's not playing short. I, I believe he could play short. I, well, the Marlins have Miguel Rojas, who's really good defensively, yeah. so I get it.
0: But but at the same time, you gave up a guy who's playing second base in Miami, and you
1: got starting, your best pitcher. Sure. Sure. I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not that. saying anything about the trade, but like that makes me more excited and more wanting to see Geraldo Perdomo because okay, trading Jazz Chisholm was basically okay. But even I said I'm like, okay, we can we can afford to trade Jazz Chisholm. Geraldo Perdomo is supposedly going to be really good. So, is there a chance I want to see him?
0: Is there a chance we see Sergio Alcantara? That part of the reason mm-hmm. that they brought him back, when well, they, they DFA'd Van Meter is because Van Meter we know doesn't really play shortstop or if he does it might, no well, it he was kind of he was me.
1: pretty second and third so
0: is this just a move where they're adding an additional I, shortstop because of the Nick Ahmed injury, I, I and maybe so. they're not ready with Perdomo yet? I
1: think so. I, well, I think that it's just a depth move at this point, because I I do believe everything I've seen, it just it just sounds like Nick Ahmed's not going to be ready for the start of the season. So you need guys and DFAing Van Meter. Um, I believe I read someone's tweet, I can't remember who it was, said that he is out of minor league options. So that's why they did it or something? I don't know. Yeah, no, Van Meter Um, was definitely out of options. So it's kind of weird. you trade for an infielder, then DFA another infielder when you're struggling with infield depth, but... um, Well, but positionally... It yeah. makes sense to me, sure. And if you're dealing with a Nick Ahmed injury, and I think Alcantara also plays some third base as well. So, and if they like his defense better than Van Meter's, Van Meter, I just, I, I don't know what the stat is this spring, and I know how much you love spring training stats, oh, but love them. Um, he's been kind of struggling at on the defensive side of the ball. He's made a couple errors. Um, he's had some bad throws. He's mishandled some grounders and throws to second base. So maybe they're just like, you know what. We need some defense right now, with especially with Nick Ahmed not being ready, and Josh Rojas is going to have to play third. So it sounds like Alcantara can play third, second, short, whatever you need him to do. So when you're a backup, I think it's just a depth move at this point. I don't, I don't know if he's. I mean, obviously, like you said, he can't really hit. Like his two no. years in the majors, sitting like two hundred. It's one ninety nine. Yeah, sitting one ninety nine in his two years. I gave him so. too much
0: credit. <laughs> um, when you're a backup, and this this goes for any sport, I find. When you're a backup, your value to the team is usually in an individual characteristic that you provide that no one else does. Right. You may not be a superstar. I mean, Van Meter is certainly not a superstar. But there's usually something on the bench. With Daniel Descalso, it was because you knew you could pinch hit him and he was going to get you a clutch hit. Right. He was just clutch. Right. I know that some people say clutch isn't a thing. Daniel Descalso it was so clutch. It so
1: is. It so is. Yeah, totally a clutch thing. Um, don't come at me with that nonsense. Clutch is a thing. Tim LaCastro, bench player. What did he bring? Fast. He's, He's fast. fast. He's the fastest
0: player in the MLB. Yeah. Like That's I, how I you for cut one, your two, teeth.
1: I, for one, too, just by the way, I don't think he was used properly here. No, I don't either. Um, I would have loved yeah. to have seen them just pinch run every Pinch time. run him every game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> don't ever start him. Um, sorry, Tim, but that's how I feel about it. Um, I never thought Josh Van Meter provided anything individually that somebody else on the roster didn't already have. Like, you mentioned he was a lefty. That's pretty got much a bunch th- of those. Yeah, they have too many. He played second and third. Remember, they had a guy, Andy Young. He did the exact same thing, and he's no longer around. So, like, Van Meter, it felt like they were waiting for him to hit. Like, not not literally with the bat, but, like, to hit on him. They were waiting for him to explode, talent-wise. Mm. And it just didn't happen because he doesn't provide any individual. He's not... Uh, a handedness that they didn't have right. he doesn't play a position that
1: they're struggling he's not with super good defensively no. or anything like that yeah that's
0: your value when he's you're kind to just your
1: average run of the mill player what makes JaVale McGee such
0: a good fit for the Suns he's a great rebounder great defensively he doesn't need to do anything else he doesn't need to score 20 points a night he doesn't need to you don't need to run the offense through him like he's Nikola Jokic or something right That's what makes bench players great in their roles is when they provide something individual that you can't find elsewhere. I never felt that way about Van Meter.
1: That's just no. You're right. I agree with what you. I I agree with most of that. I'm. I'm still just kind of surprised based on what I. You know. I. I thought they kind of valued him, but you're probably right. They were probably waiting for him to take a take a big step forward. Um, just didn't happen. Maybe even just in this spring, they were hoping to see a little more from him and. I mean, who knows what happens behind the closed doors of the clubhouse and during the drills? Maybe he's just not doing well, and they can't really afford to waste a roster spot on him. I don't know, and I don't want to
0: pretend like he's gone. I mean, the way the DFA works, at least I, I the guess, way it worked before the CBA, I don't know if it changed. Yeah. Is
1: he's still technically around until somebody yeah. claims him? I, or I, to I guess him. I'm technically like I'm. I think I'm just su- surprised that a team like the Diamondbacks is DFAing anybody. You know what I mean? Well, like I know, it's all to create a roster spot, and yeah, it's, that's it's, the big it's part. It's logistical, but it's just like this team's bad. Like, what are you paying Josh Van Meter for? You yeah, know? you're like, don't you want to add people? Yeah, like, not yeah, but yeah, that's the only I, way to do it. Yeah, the only way to add people if is to for, if your if your 40 man is full and Sergio Alcantara is obviously on the 40 man roster. So he's I don't know if he'll make the majors out of the out of the gate. Maybe in place. He's in the hit comment, pretty yeah. well in the, in AAA though, so I wonder if his bat will come around. We'll find out. Um, Switch over to
0: pitching. I don't know if we got the chance to talk about this last week, but Zach Davies is the newest member of the Arizona Diamondbacks. We've talked about the different options at the fifth starter spot because you and I both agree that Zach Gallen, Madison Bumgarner, Merrill Kelly, and Luke Weaver are your four locks in the rotation in any order. Put them in any order you want. uh but
1: luke weaver did not have a good first spring outing by the way that's fair you and i both think that it's a make or break year for him i think i've been saying that for like two straight years (laughs) yeah i think you have um but that eventually
0: it'll make or break that fifth spot is fairly open and zach davies is a guy who's experienced he pitched last year in chicago with the cubs granted he was awful um the year (laughs) before that he was in san diego and he was great and they traded him in a package deal for you Darvish. That says a lot. He was the main piece. Well, I shouldn't say that. There were some really young prospects in that trade, too. But he was a major league ready pitcher traded for U Darvish. He had a really bad year last year. He's a low velocity pitch to contact guy who last year was walking people. Yeah. That's, I mean, imagine that's it's not Zach good. Granke, a Zach Granke, a lower level Zach Granke. Who's walking,
1: guys? Right. That's not going to be effective at the major league well, level. I mean, when, when you're a contact pitcher like Zach Davies is, you want to throw the ball in the strike zone. You don't want to be walking, guys. He walked a career-high 75 batters last year in um, in uh, 32 starts. I don't know how many innings he pitched. I forgot to write that down. Um, but, yeah, last year, 2021, he went 6-12, 5-7-8, 5-7-8 ERA, a one six oh whip. 32 starts. Again, walked Krihar 75, but if he can return to um, 2020... Do I throw stuff that's good out of 2020? <laughs> can I just uh, discard the bad? So can I just discard the bad and everything? I think you're allowed to discard the bad and accept the good <laughs> yeah, okay. from 2020. Okay. I think you're allowed then to Then I will that. accept Zach Davies being good in 2020. Okay, um, But if he can get back to that in, 20- in 2019, pre-COVID form, um, I think he's Probably your fifth starter. Um, He today is Monday. He is starting his first spring training game for the D-backs on Tuesday, which is tomorrow um, against the Cubs. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to try and not focus on everything in one spring start. But I mean, who else is really in contention for their fifth starter spot? I mean, honestly, Dan Straley, Tyler Gilbert. Corbin Martin? Corbin I, Martin had a pretty good outing today against the Dodgers. I think
0: he got a win last week, too. I want to see more of Corbin Martin. We talk about this a lot.
1: I'm I need to see, I need to see every I know JB Bukowskis is hurt now and on the 60-day IL. But I need to see these guys from the Zach the Zach Granke trade. I need to see beer. Just in more ways than one. I need to see. <laughs> I'll get on that. I need to see Seth Beer in the lineup a lot more. He's having a pretty good spring too. Yeah. Uh, I need to see. Cor- I would love to see Corbin Martin. He had a he had a good outing today. Two two and two thirds innings, only two earned runs. I think against the Dodgers, struck out a couple guys. He was hitting 94-95 on the radar guns. That's a good sign. I need to see more of him, and obviously we're going to see a lot of Josh Rojas, and he should be the starting third base. Yeah, as so things are, now. I, I I would like to see because Corbin Martin was the guy. If memory serves, like I think it was Gambo that said this. They were trying to get Martin from the Astros for a while before the Granky stuff was happening. I think there was, I think it was, if I'm remembering correctly, and I could be totally wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Gambo saying that when the Diamondbacks were fielding calls on. Paul Goldschmidt the Astros were a team in contention for him and I think they asked for Corbin Martin from in that trade possibility That would have been yeah. around
0: the time Yuli Gurriel was coming around Yeah cuz he wasn't really seen as a first baseman yet he wasn't really seen as like I mean he
1: led the league in hits last year didn't he I'm pretty well, sure Yuli Gurriel up there. was on the 2017 Cheater team that won the World Series. Yeah, no, no, no He was. But he was sure. but, he wasn't, but he wasn't he wasn't winning the batting title no, last year like, no, no, he no, last, no. like he did last like he did last year. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um You so, would have taken Paul Goldschmidt yeah, over. Exactly. Him, or would've. he could have played second Well, base because or I think Yuli Guriel was also playing like third and DHing because yeah. you weren't on Alvarez. Around, yeah. Alvarez wasn't up yet either and they got a DH there too. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah, so I, I i would like... I need to see more of Corbin Martin, too, because I think he has the potential to be a starting pitcher in this rotation. Um, Luke Weaver, man... Phew, this dude, he needs to get it together. I, and I don't know if he can. I really don't know. I was okay... On, I remember talking about this with you and Derek. The first year after they, they traded Paul Goldschmidt and Christian Walker and, and Goldie had similar offensive numbers... And we're like, okay, maybe this wasn't such, such a bad yeah, trade. We had a comparable year from Walker for
0: $500,000 to what Goldschmidt had for like twenty five or thirty, whatever they're paying yeah, him.
1: As, Well, yeah, as soon as Goldie got to St. Louis, they signed him to an extension. Yeah, and, huge extension. And at the time, I'm like, all right, if Christian Walker can continue that, and we also get Carson Kelly, a catcher, and a starting pitcher like Luke Weaver, okay. And Andrew Young. Uh, well, I didn't care about Andrew.
0: Sorry, I've called him Andy and Andrew in the same podcast. I don't know if that's bad. What, is
1: he, what does he go by now? I don't he know. He
0: prefers Andrew, last time I remember. But well, too
1: bad. He's not around anymore. You're not so here anymore, Andy. <laughs> um. So, I was okay with it for a while, and then, you know, Luke Weaver started, you know, he gets hurt, and it doesn't pitch well. Carson yeah. Kelly's been okay. He's He's been serviceable. He's having, I mean, at least in the last game, I was listening to and working he had a horrible game behind the plate see, he couldn't throw anybody out they were the angels were running on him all game long see a top 15 catcher is he in the top oh. half of starting catchers I mean in terms of I, I only can reference this in terms of fantasy baseball the catcher position is very very light no it corresponds
0: to to real life I mean there's probably five really good catchers in baseball. Salvador Perez is probably number one right now, right? He's in He's in the mix. Ya, uh, Yasmani Grandal. JT Real Muto. JT Real Muto. Always in the mix. I mean, I can see. Will Smith.
1: Will Smith is very good. Um, I Mitch mean, Garver? Yeah, I guess. He got he got moved this offseason. I would still put Yadi up there, too, just because he's still so good defensively. He doesn't hit. He doesn't hit, though. He never really has. He's Jeff Mathis now. He never really has, though. But, yeah. he has, but, but he has... These guys we okay, all just yeah. mentioned, they do both. I mean, Gary Sanchez maybe not great fielding, is not He hits really, 200. I'm not counting Gary yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, he just hits some homers. Um, he might
0: be better than Carson Kelly. I'd be open to that argument, but he's not top five, not top ten. Wilson even. Contreras? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's That's like five guy. or six yeah. guys who are in the
1: mix, right? Right. Is he in that category? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's at least a tier below those guys. Somewhere between 10 and 15, Yeah. Maybe. Um so I mean, he's been okay, but you'll never, you'll never be able to come up to me and justify that Paul Goldschmidt wasn't worth the five, the five-year, what was a hundred something, something million-dollar contract the Cardinals gave him. Yeah, he is, he was your best. Not going to say he's your best player. I think the best player of the Diamondbacks have ever had is Randy Johnson. Um, yes, Randy was the best player. Yeah, overall, I think Paul totally Goldschmidt had the best career, is the best. Maybe? I just think he's the best overall hitter they've ever had. Yeah. Because, like, Luis Gonzalez yeah. hit 50 home runs in 2001, and he was obviously the hero in Game 7 of the World Series. Yeah. So he's their most iconic player they've had. The best moment. Besides Randy. Um, I'm trying to think of any other... I mean, Justin Upton was good. Good player for a few years. Yeah. yeah I think he was your five, six but years. I think I don't think it's close. I think Paul Goldschmidt is the best hitter they've ever had. Yeah. No,
0: I agree with that. And a perennial... MVP candidate, and he was
1: still and and yeah. The first year in St. Louis, he had a pretty down year. Um, there's a lot of change because he's only been in Arizona. You know, there's a lot of change personally. He had to move, all that stuff. Different team, different teammates, different coaches, expectations, right? Expectations, different teams you're playing all the time, and pitchers in the different division. So, and then he figured it out. I mean, he's back to where he was before, and they traded him. Pretty much, he was. I know he struggled in the second half of 2017. Um, did they trade him in the offseason of that year or was it 2018? 2018, right? It was in the offseason. I don't remember what year. I think year, it was 20, what maybe calendar after year we 2018, but he was still playing well and they decided we don't we can't pay him. So they traded him for these guys. So you can't justify that to me that he's not worth that contract. No,
0: I'm with you on um, that. I I would like I, Remember was it last year or the year before? Well, I guess the year before was 2020. Um, it was April that Carson Kelly just went nuts. Yeah, and we started to think, okay, this is this is what we were hoping for. He's turning into an offensive juggernaut, right. and he's still good defensively, still solid defensively. Yeah, and it didn't last. It, it was it was a really good April. Maybe the first couple months were pretty good, and he fell off pretty significantly, at least offensively. But I, I know I'm just waiting for that guy to develop. I think we know what Carson Kelly is now. I think he's a mid tier catcher. Uh, is there still some upside, Maybe? But I don't think he's a prospect anymore. you can't you can't consider him that. He's a veteran catcher in this league now. Luke Weaver, veteran starting pitcher in this league now, granted, he never really has gotten his footing behind him. And he's very inconsistent. I mean, he's the most inconsistent. Or the least consistent of
1: all the guys in the rotation. He's I'm trying to find the way to say he's it. He's consistently inconsistent? Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's what it is, though. And and Luke Weaver, if I'll say this, if he doesn't figure his stuff out this year, then he will be gone next year. Because this team is not afraid to DFA guys who then could go elsewhere and do well. Remember what they did with
1: Tyron Walker? They DFA yeah. Tyron Walker, and then he ended up at All-Star oh, Weekend the next boy, season. Boy, do I remember what they did with Tyron Walker. And, kept and he Jake, wasn't even that bad here. Kept Jake Lamb for how long? No, I don't want to talk about Jake Lamb. Sorry. Don't make me talk about Jake well, Lamb. Well, looking at Luke Weaver's contract now, he, he's he got one year of arbitration left, then he's a free agent. So maybe
0: you keep him around next year if you can get him at a low deal. Well, they Which they will if he stinks. I mean, stinks.
1: they don't even have to offer him arbitration, and he would just be a free agent. Yeah, they don't have to. If it, If they're just like, okay, it's not working out. Maybe. They don't have to bring him back. Or honestly, I hope it works. I hate to think this way, but I'm going to go there. And
0: I feel this way about a couple of different guys on the team. And we're going to talk about another one of them here in a second. You might be playing for a trade this year. The Diamondbacks are at the stage where they're bringing up Dalton Varsho. Geraldo Perdomo is going to be back at some point. Uh, you got Pavin Smith, probably in right field a lot of the time. Alec Thomas. Alec Carole. Thomas is on his way. Corbin Carroll is on his way. You've got a bunch of young dudes in your core that are coming up. Josh Rojas might be playing third base. You're at the point where David Peralta, Luke Weaver, Merrill Kelly, maybe Bumgarner if you can move the contract, which is going to be very difficult, although they move crankies. It, it, some of those veteran guys are at risk of getting traded. I say risk. The team would love it if Luke Weaver played really well for the first three months of the season and then flipped him. I would think that would be a good alternative. Now, you'd love for him to work out, and then the option is, do we keep him and hope that it keeps working out? Or do we trade him while he's at his
1: highest value, hopefully get something? And I think that's kind of the mistake they made with Robbie Ray. It's absolutely the mistake they made with Robbie Ray. In 2019, they should have traded him in 2019. Yes. But... And, you know, honestly, it was weird what happened because in 2019, they were above 500. They were a pretty good team. Um, Robbie Ray had a good year. Um, they traded Zach Granke, they got Zach Gallen, but. And they said, "Okay, you know what? We're pretty good. Let's try to win next year." They went out and signed Madison Bumgarner. They traded for Starling Marte. Yes. They went out and signed Cole Calhoun to another be another good one, a really good defensive right fielder, and hit some home runs. You know, and Cabrera you know, they, was that when they got Cabrera? No, that was no, Starling that one. Was last year. They still had Escobar. They still had Marte, Walker. You know, those at Peralta. They decided we're we we're gonna try and win. And then all of a sudden, it was gone. They bailed on it a month in. 23 games before that stupid 20-game trade deadline. That was so dumb. In 2020, they decided, let's trade everybody because we're, for whatever reason, whether it was they lost so much money because no fans or whatnot, they can't pay these guys. There are so I don't many what-ifs about 2020. Mm-hmm. What if
0: they had played a full season? And they had three months to get those players going instead of one month. What if they had a normal spring training? What if there was no trade deadline? What <sighs> if What if the league had decided, you know what, we're only playing two months. You got to keep your players. Wow. What if they had done Never that? I mean, considered I, that I don't know that that's even a thing they would have allowed. I, I, don't I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. but But I mean, what if? Man. There's so many what ifs about the direction of the organization based on the oddness of the 2020 season. The fact that it was only 60 games. The fact that you traded everybody from your, I not know, not everybody, but four main pieces of your team at the trade deadline a month into the season. Yep. The fact that there was no spring training. The fact that they had a summer camp where Robbie Ray looked like the next sliced bread and ended up being terrible. I uh, So many what ifs. Yeah. By the way, you were talking about you want to see the uh, pieces of the... Zach Granke trade work out? Yeah. Did you see what I did in the uh in the company uh fantasy baseball league?
1: No, because it hasn't gone through yet. Oh, well. I drafted Seth Beer. Oh, oh. I thought you were telling me that you were like, I'm gonna pick up an unnamed player. Oh that no. No, one's no, thinking no, no, no. About. no yeah. I'll tell
0: you about that in a second. But no, I uh Yes, yeah, so
1: you drafted Seth Beer. I drafted Seth Congratulations. Beer. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm banking on him working out. I if he if he is not up. In the major leagues on opening day at DH, when there is a righty on the freaking mound, were they playing opening day? The Padres. Who's going to be pitching? Darvish. Darvish. Musgrove. They're it's not Blake's now. He's righties. terrible year. Yeah,
0: it's going to be a righty for sure.
1: It's probably going to be Darvish. Clevenger? No, that's no, he's I mean. not going to start opening day. He's still he might be really good. By the it's going to be you, Darvish. Yeah, I it'll would be think. Darvish. So it. I hope to see Seth Beer on opening day. At that DH. would be good. I'd I be think, down for that. I think what's going to happen more than likely is I I. I It depends on if they decide Pavin Smith is their right fielder, but um, I think what's going to happen is, if it's just a DH, I think you're going to see Seth Beer, hopefully, against righties and Jordan Luplo against lefties. I don't know how good Luplo is in the outfield. Um, He's got a strong arm. I know that. Yeah. So maybe he is their right fielder. I don't know. Um, I think you'll see Smith out there, mostly.
0: But against a lefty, I mean, Luplo will be in the lineup. He crushes lefties. I want to
1: see Pavin at first.
0: And you may. And you may see that. By I, the don't, way, I don't
1: think you're going to see a lot of Seth Beer at first. By the way, um, yeah, here's like a, a dark he horse candidate to maybe make the opening day roster. Cooper Hummel's having a pretty good start to the spring. I'm glad you brought that up. Can we talk about him for yes. a second?
0: Um, what I like about Cooper Hummel, and I think we talked about this when they traded Escobar basically straight up, I think, right, for Cooper Hummel? Wasn't it one for one? I think, I think it was. They did get another player back, but okay. I can't remember. So what's interesting I'll about look Cooper Hummel, he's an older prospect. I think he's like 26. He's 27 years old. 27. So he's an older guy for a guy who hasn't played in the major leagues much, uh, if at all. I don't think he has. So he walks a ton, way more than he strikes out, which is not very common in major league baseball at all. He's not going to hit 300. I definitely don't think he'll hit 300. But he's going to have a really high on base percentage just because of the insane number of times he walks. He's kind of like, think Carlos Santana. At his mm-hmm. peak, where he's leading the league in yes. walks. Cooper Hummel is a very interesting piece. And if he's a left fielder, maybe he's the successor to David Peralta, who, by the way, is also having a very good spring. Crushed a baseball today. Um, so I'm intrigued by Cooper Hummel. Not a big-name prospect, but he's a, another guy who totally
1: gets on base. I love that. They did get a inf- also an infielder, Alberto Ciprian, or Ciprian, I don't know how... How it's pronounced. I don't even remember that. Being uh, part he's of a, deal. It says rookie infielder Alberto Cipriano and utility, triple A utility man Cooper Hummel. Okay. From the Brewers. Hummel was the bigger piece. Yes. I'm very interested in what happens with Cooper Hummel. He's got, I mean, he's got four hits in his 13 spring at bats. What handedness is he? He is Left a ears. switch hitter. Switch hitter. Another switch hitter. No, but
0: I'm telling you, realize the theme here. Paven Smith. is an an on-base guy. He's not going to hit a ton of home runs. Right. Alec Thomas is that way in the minor leagues. Geraldo Perdomo is not going to hit a ton of home runs. He's going to get on base. Cooper Hummel, same thing. It's a pattern. This is what the organization has doubled down on. These are not huge prospect names. Alec Thomas is a pretty big name, but... Corbin Carroll's up there, too, but they're the the same
1: type of player.
0: Yeah. They were homegrown picks, too. They've traded... Significant pieces, Eduardo Escobar for a guy named Cooper Hummel, who most people probably don't know who that is. And then I'll use that as my uh, transition over to what you were talking about earlier. I told you, I'm going to pick up a player in fantasy baseball this year. I don't know when I'm going to do it. It's probably just right before the season. I'm going to pick up a player you've never heard of. And he's going to be a key piece to my team for years to come. Who is it? I can't tell, tell you. That now. Yet. I can't tell you.
1: You can't do that to me. I can't tell you yet, but I'm going to do it. Anyone who listens to this podcast, please tweet us and try to guess. Tweet me your thoughts. I'd love to hear them.
0: I'm telling you, you've never heard of this player, and I'm going to pick him up as soon as he's available. He's available now, but I don't know that he's going to make the majors Did yet. you
1: read this in that baseball magazine nope. you like? no.
0: The one that got yeah. this picture of David Peralta <laughs> and they labeled I, it Cattell
1: Martin? I was in. at a bookstore and I was looking... This, is, I'm, I'm a nerd, so I was looking for a fantasy baseball both. magazine, but I realized those don't exist. They Not exist really. for football because football is its own freaking enterprise. It's its own industry. Uh, yeah. And I found that... What, what's it called? Lind, Lindy's? Lindy's, yeah. Lindy's Baseball... Magazine. Magazine yeah. or Almanac or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But yeah, and on the cover... I can't remember who the bigger picture was on the cover, but it was a smaller picture on the cover, and it was it a is. picture of David Peralta. and on the very corner it says Diamondbacks infielder Cattell Marte. I told you, and man. I'm like, dude, that's the cover, yeah, of a baseball magazine. yeah, that's how bad things are like for the this Diamondbacks. isn't this isn't people. This is a baseball magazine, and you don't know who Cattell Marte is. Not saying, like, okay, you should know, like, I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't know who Catel Marte is, but a baseball magazine? That's all you do. And you picture this of David Peralta saying it's Catel Marte.
0: Yikes. Way to pick the two Hispanic guys on the team, too, and misconstrue one for the other. Oh, I didn't think and they didn't that. just do it. They didn't just do it on the cover. They did it on their on the team page too. Because I that read, got through an editor's eyes twice. Because you know what's funny is I bought the magazine. I told you about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I bought the magazine. I didn't even realize it on the cover. <laughs> I flipped right the to the d page. Small, so yeah, I picked. I flipped to the D-backs page where they have one player on every team page big old picture on the front page and it's <laughs> uh, david peralta and it says d-backs infielder C- oh first Lord. of all i love that they call them an infielder a plus for calling Marte an infielder. yes please <laughs> but, second base but the problem is that's not cattel Marte, and that's the bigger issue um yeah david peralta is having a good spring by the way uh yes he is crushing baseball, hey, which I, he did not I know do a lot of you, i know year. you
1: love stats so here uh oh, hit so- me with one spring some spring stats let's for overreact you. to spring yes. training i love doing that cooper <laughs> hummel the starting right fielder <laughs> i'm down um, let's do it all right here's peralta's he's hitting 313 yep five hits and 16 at bats three of them are homers seven rbis on base 389 ops 1.389 three homers you said three homers that's already RBIs. his total from last year i'm pretty sure Didn't he
0: go, like, three or four months without hitting
1: a home run last season? In 2021, he hit eight total. That's not good. Eight. Not a lot of pop He has... I don't know if you've watched any of the games or been to a D-back spring training game where you can actually see it. He's made a lot of uh, changes to his batting stance. His swing's pretty much the same, like his path, but... You know, how, you know how he used to kind of be like relaxed and he'd do the little thing. and then He like rests the his bat. And yeah. Y- yeah, he would rest the bat on his shoulder. He's not doing that anymore. It's, really? It's out here. His hands are down. Out here, out. You can't really see what I'm doing because we're on a podcast. But <laughs> it, it's his hands are more extended and they're not resting the bat anymore. So. Ah. And I noticed kind of Paven Smith's kind of doing the same thing. Interesting. Um, so I think their new hitting coach, whose name I can't remember right now. Paven Smith didn't need to be making things. changes.
0: David Peralta needed to make changes.
1: Yeah. Now, he's always been a good
0: high batting average kind of guy. But, I mean, if you could roll out there, David Peralta, and hit 275
1: with I mean, 10 homers, I'd be... I mean, that's pretty much on par. In, okay. So, in 2020, he hit 300. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you're right. Since since 2017, here are his batting averages. Uh, in 2017, he hit 293. Great. And, uh 525 at-bats. The next year, twenty eighteen, also two ninety three uh, in five hundred and sixty at bats. Twenty nineteen, I think he was injured a little bit more because he only played in ninety nine games and only had three hundred eighty two at bats. He hit two seventy five. Twenty twenty, he hit three hundred. And then last year, in four hundred and eighty seven at bats, he hit two fifty nine. So his yeah, probably down his, year. probably his worst year it was a down year s- as, since becoming a regular. But he's player. another one of those guys that like I could totally see if the team just flat
0: out sucks in July mm. or June. And I mean, he's doing well.
1: Maybe you try to flip him. He's I mean, and he's he's still probably a player that teams would like to acquire. He's a good clubhouse guy. He's Great always leader. he's always going to be upbeat and getting the guys going. He's still a relatively good defender in left field. Um I have no complaints about David Peralta. I was kind of surprised he won that gold glove but a couple years ago, but left field is um, not as
0: deep in baseball as you would think. Yeah. We were talking about that. Well, I think it over used the to be left
1: field. With you would stick your worst defender over there. Yeah, like
0: Adam Dunn. Or yeah,
1: and then you Albert Pools played left field. For I mean, a minute. I don't. Ever, I don't think Luis Gonzalez was a great fielder either. I don't. Well, no. he, he was okay. He just had a bad arm. He didn't have a very strong. He's all right.
0: Arm. He's not a, not like overly fast or anything. Yeah. Though no,
1: you put your probably your worst fielding outfielder in left. Remember field. when the Diamondbacks tried to make Connor Jackson a left fielder? Yeah. Remember, that was. Remember, a failed experiment. Do you remember Connor Jackson? That was a failed experiment oh in a lot of goodness. ways. Oh my goodness! Yeah,
0: no, I I I think David Peralta. I mean, if I had to do what I did with Carson Kelly earlier and rank him like amongst baseball, he's probably in the same range as Kelly. Yeah. He's probably
1: somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and he's and like you said, he still hits for he still hits for a good average. So he's not he's not going to be he's not you know he still has value to certain teams. It depends on who they are, but and the, you know always there are always injuries that happen too. So. Can I nerd out on you for a second? Sure. Um, nerd away. You and I are
0: both baseball video game oh, players. I know what you're going to say. MLB The Show. You think you're going to nerd out? A couple of weeks ago, maybe it was even months ago at this point, I can't remember, there was a gameplay trailer for the new game, and part of the release of the new gameplay trailer was revealing big new legends that they're putting back into the game. One of them was Ryan Howard. Yeah. I don't care. Former whatever. cover athlete. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. He's a decent player. The big one at the end of the trailer was Randy Johnson. Yes. Arizona Diamondback. Correct. Randy Johnson. And the, failure fa- the trailer fades to black, then fades back in on Randy Johnson, and then fades back to black. Like, very dramatic. They were announcing the return of the greatest left-handed pitcher in the history of the game. Right. Then there was total radio silence from the game company, and they removed Randy Johnson from the trailer... All over the internet. There was no evidence that he was ever in that trailer other than I watched it
1: when it came out. And they kept releasing videos and posts on Instagram of like, look, our new legend, yes. Chase Utley. So then the I guess
0: the, the way that the rumor mill kind of started was that Randy Johnson had been removed from the game after they inadvertently announced he was going to be in it. And all these people, especially Diamondbacks fans, who got excited that Randy Johnson was going to be in a baseball video game again. Because, again, I truly believe best left-handed pitcher of all time. There's there's a couple guys who belong in that argument, but I think he's one of the best. And all of a sudden, he's just ripped away. And it's like, did you guys announce this or not? Like, I I remember the announcement. Anyway, I'm here to tell you the good news. This week, there was a new gameplay trailer with other legends, including Dontrell Willis, by the way.
1: Ooh. Well, it was awesome. I'm low key so excited for the
0: DJ. I, I know, right? So excited. And Randy Johnson is in the new trailer again. This time, legit for sure. Randy Johnson is back.
1: Yes. Uh, yes, I can be happy again. Uh, big sigh of relief. I have the full list of legends revealed. Oh, okay. Hit him. By Hit me with them. All right. And this is leading. This is from the verified count yep. of MLB Gaming. Can't take not, it back. Not MLB the show. <laughs> MLB Gaming. It says full full list of legends revealed for at MLB the show twenty two. Okay, Randy Johnson, love it. Ryan Howard, eh. Joe Mauer, yes, good. Justin Morneau, eh. Chase Utley, yes, I love know, that. I know you have a horrible, you have a real problem with this next one. Kirk Gibson,
0: yes, not a not a fan of. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a fan of Kirk Gibson. I'm not a fan of him being in the video game. Uh, he was not particularly great at anything. <laughs> He, he won of, an MVP. He had
1: one of the greatest moments of all time. He he was the MVP. You know what his batting average was? I, I, you told me. I don't know like what it was. 276. He hit less than 90 RBIs or something like that. Or no,
0: no, that, that's what it was. It was 76 RBIs, not a batting average. It was 76 RBIs his <laughs> MVP year. All right. The D train, Dontrell Willis. Love that.
1: J.R.
0: Richard. Didn't know I much about him. I don't know who him. that is. No, didn't know much about him, but upon researching, he throws heat. Really? <laughs> Good. He throws. Is he hate. a
1: starting pitcher? Or a I don't know the pitcher? answer to that actually. Kevin Euclis. Um, that's like a, not like, exciting, but I yeah. I'm intrigued. Here's one. Here's the last one. And this makes no sense to me as a legend. Okay, Jared Weaver. Are they that desperate for angels? He throws 83 miles per hour at his yeah. best. He threw 83. He
0: was really good towards the end of his career. Yeah,
1: but. Is it because he
0: has such a weird stride? You know what I mean. Remember, he used to like really wide between his
1: glove and his and his, and yeah. his baseball. I mean, and he would like sling it like a slingshot. Yeah, he kind of. But it still only went eighty-one miles per hour. He was kind of like a right-handed Madison Bumgarner. Now that I think about it, was his brother Jeff Weaver right? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. Jared was the Jared better of was the, two. the Angels pitcher. Yeah, okay.
0: Jared was the better of the two. In the end, yeah, certainly. He had the longer career. Um, I think I saw something about Mike Napoli is going to be in the game, too. That's not really a legend in my mind. For what? T- like, which, I don't know. Which Mike Napoli? Red Sox? Red Sox, when they accidentally won the World Series in 2013.
1: <laughs> when they jumped the gun and won the World Series? It might Series. be that one, or I don't know. He was pretty good at the Rangers. That, that 23, 2013 Red Sox team was a bunch
0: of misfits, wasn't it? Oh, it was absolutely an accident. They were not trying. That was not. They were not in the final stage of winning the World Series. That was not the plan. The was plan like, was to win by 2018, and they yeah. accidentally did it in 13. Right, and they still won in 2018. They had like Will Middlebrooks at third base. Yeah, Xander Bogertz came up. I mean, Pedroia was still there, and Ortiz was still there. Yes, they were the main pieces. Napoli Mookie was Betts there. Mookie Betts wasn't even up yet, was he? Uh, AJ Prazinski was there, I think. Okay, yeah. Mookie, uh, he, uh, he might have been up. I think he was playing some second base back then. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, MLB the show. because yes. We nerd out about Randy that kind of stuff. Randy Johnson. Randy is back, baby, and I couldn't be happier about that. Um, just to circle back to our biggest story of the day, Catal-Marte is going
1: to be a Diamondback until 2027. I'm happy about this at the least. I'm so happy, and it could be till 2028 if if that report um, from John Heyman that I read earlier is right. They have a there's a 13 million dollar team option. On him for 2028, 20, so... On the one hand, I'm ecstatic. On the other hand, I'm like, Cattell, are you sure you don't want to test free agency? Like, Here. You might be able to get a bunch of money. Here's out. my thinking, too. I'm really happy because Cattell's really good. Yes. But what will make me ecstatic is if they start building the team around yeah. him a little bit more. 100%. Because, I mean, having him for five to six more years isn't going to do much if you don't do anything else. I'm with you. So, I, I'm not saying it has to be this season because I don't think it will be. We're so late in spring training anyway. Like guy, a, a guy like Michael Conforto is still out there. I would be happy if they signed him. The longer he's out there, maybe the more his price drops. Yeah, and I mean it's kind of crappy to say, but if you sign a guy like Michael Conforto. And you're not very good, which I don't think the D-backs are going to be that good. You could trade him at the trade deadline and maybe get something for him. I don't know. Conforto had a
0: really bad year last year. He
1: did. And and I'm not saying
0: that he would be a bad player again. Maybe it's kind of like his
1: 2020. Michael, come boost your numbers at the hitters' parks, Chase Field and Coors Field. Maybe. Come boost them. Is he a lefty? Yes, he is.
0: Oh, crap. They don't
1: need that. Crap. They They don't don't need need another lefty. They don't need another lefty.
0: He would be a good one. No. But they don't need it. I know. Maybe Become a right-handed hitter, Michael. <laughs> switch! I was going to say people don't do that, but Cedric Mullins last year was a switch hitter who decided to just hit left-handed, and he became a 30-30 player. <laughs> He's was the only 30-30 player yep. last year. All right, uh, thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. We're ecstatic. Catal Marte is going to be around. And also, by the end of the week, you'll be able to play with Randy Johnson and MLB The Show. That's exciting for people like us. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. I'm Steve Zinsmeister for Cody Fincher as well. You've been listening to the Ain't No Thang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.